I'm Carrie Adams, and you're listening to Carrie's Connoisseurs coming to you from Solid Gold Podcasts. Here we talk to the movers and shakers, the drinkers, the dreamers, and all the people who make it happen in the liquor and luxury industries from around the world. Today, I have the honor of a very special friend and guest in my studio. It is Khaleb Katalia. Khaleb, hi. Thanks for coming into Carrie's Connoisseurs. Nice to be here, Carrie. It's, it's actually supposed to be a public holiday. It's not supposed to be working, but... It's not working. You, you are the first of a little dream that I've had for a long time to do for myself, which now I'm sort of semi-retired, so I'm getting to make all my dreams come true. It's lovely. Um, I want to speak to interesting people around the world about them and about their life and about what they drink and what's in their cellar. Mm. So that's sort of what we're going to be doing today. Mm. If there's something else you need to speak about, do that too, because that's what makes you interesting. But that is really what the gist of this whole thing is. I think we're surrounded by a million people that we, we never get to know about. And it's especially people like you who are not always that easily accessible to the sort of rank and file common or garden South African in the street. He's important, guys. He's very important. What do I call you? I know you'd like it to be Lord Kachalia, <laughs> but it's not that. You're, you're a member of parliament for the DA. Yep. What is your portfolio? I am officially the shadow minister for public enterprises. So all the rubbish falls on my head, <laughs> like ESCOM and Transnet and Danel and SAA, you name it. Are we even allowed to venture there? We could have a Punch and Judy fun show about that. We're not going to get too serious no, about it because we could not. slit our yeah. jugulars if yeah. we did. Yeah. Firstly, it's way too early in the morning. I should not be encouraging. Yeah, Dom, how close are we? Close enough. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining me. So, just to tell you all, and a little quick shout out to Bruce Jack. Philip agreed to come and chat to me on condition that we could have some wine. So that's exactly what we're doing. And I whipped open my fridge this morning on my terrace. And Bruce Jacks, Shannon Blanc was staring at me. And it was crisp and cute and kind and holiday-ish and cold. Good. And I thought, let's do that. So that's what we're drinking. We're drinking Brucey Jacks, um, Ch uh, Shannon Blanc. He's got a cup. He's got a Sauvignon Blanc. He's got a Pinotage. He's got a Merlot, I think, and a cap. It's delicious wine. And it's not expensive. So that's for Bruce Jack. You were born in Fordsburg. I was actually born in Friedendorp, which is called Fitters. Fittersdorp. We used to call it Fittersdorp. Cheek by jowl to Fordsburg. I remember Fitters. Was it really called Fittersdorp? It was called Fitters. Fitters. We used to call it Fittersdorp as children. I did a lot of ballet as a child. And mm. my mother used to take me there. Because all the Indian traders, which were, who were the only ones you could go to, to buy the fabrics for the tutus and all the ballet. 14th Street. 14th Street. Fita store. Yeah. It was the most magical treasure trove of space. I spent many happy days yeah. schlepping up and down 14th Street looking for taffeta and tulle and lace. And all there. It was fantastic. Yeah. So you were born there? Yeah. I was born on 11th Street. Oh, really? Yeah. So, 
Caleb has very, very famous parents. Well, before I say famous, for me, very pedigreed parents. Amina, his mother, and Yusuf, his father, am I correct? Had these three children. Three of you, two. Well, and I have a half-brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. why I'm thinking yes, three. Yes. Anyway, very, very politically active. It must have been very interesting for you growing up as children with quite such active, politically active parents. Because my parents were a bit sort of a-everything. Mm. I think they were asexual, a-religious, apolitical, a anything went in the Lambert household. Oh. You know, you would bring home anybody in those days. Oh. You could bring home anybody. My father would say, are you a Buddhist? Yes, you can come in. He was a Buddhist. He, oh. you know, even... Even then. Even then, yeah. unfortunately. Well, thank God I had yes. the father I did have. He was wonderful. So tell us a little bit about your early, the early days in the Kachalia household. Well, I was born in 1956, which was the year of the, the first treason trial. My father was extraordinarily active, as was my mother in politics. My father was Secretary General of the South African Indian Congress, and my mother was a... Uh, an activist in her own right, in, a, in the in the women's movement. Yes. Um, and um, so, in those very early days, and my memory is scant of that, the the we lived in this flat, and my uh, my parents. The house used to be a sort of railway station, mm. a sort of, sort of uh, Clapham Junction of who's who in the political zoo yes. that, that came through and uh, and so on. And I have little memories of all the great names. Uh, yeah, uh, Zulus and Tambos. And, and all of them yeah. coming, coming through there. We also uh, uh, lived, uh, well, on the on the cusp of, 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 of the demarcation of whites in those days and, and Indians. So there were the, the Aram Blanc who lived on, on this side and us on that side. And it was quite an in, interesting juxtaposition. Yes. Because, uh, but I was very little. Uh, and uh, I got sent to school at the tender age of four. Because mm, my, I also went at four. Yeah, because my, my uh, uh, parents' friend who was a teacher at the school, was still alive and invited me not so long ago to lunch. Uh, she uh, said, because my parents were so politically active, she said... Send him to school. Bring him here. I'll Be look, safer. I'll, I'll look after yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Yes. No, isn't that nice, yes, though? Yes, yes. So that's... What that's, was she, an Indian? It was an Indian school in those days. It was days. an Indian school in those days. Because, you know, I was at a school where we had Indians in our school. Good Lord. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how my parents found spaces for us, but anyway. And then we moved in and around Fitters to 15th Street, I remember, and then we made the move to Fordsburg, where my parents set down roots and bought a house. And it was quite proper in Fordsburg. Yeah. I remember Fordsburg dipped. There was a hotel. Was it the Green Lantern? Oh, I don't remember. Restaurant in Fordsburg yes, at the Fordsburg Vegas, Hotel. Yeah. And they ate the best prawns yeah. that I've ever tasted in my entire life. No, it was, it they was, were delicious. It was a remarkable place. Yeah. And as I say, my parents and my aunt and uncle bought this, this house cheek by jowl, and they, uh, they were banned and house arrested at the time, so they couldn't technically speak to each other, so they <laughs> high walls. Uh, <laughs> oh, a lot of rubbish, uh, and, really. Uh, and so on. And, uh, and my father, who had a certain aesthetic about him, um, got... Uh, the 
a Greek architect fellow, Sutton. Michael, Michael Sutton. Sutton uh, to come and play with the house and do so things. So it became a bit cubist, did it? So it did. It did, it did <laughs> he was rather. a bit of a cubist, it, I think. It did, rather. And, and that's where I grew up. Uh, really went to went to school, then changed schools, went to school in Fordsburg, uh, then went to school in town in, in Newtown. Town. Oh really. And then and then off to school at in Swaziland. In Swaziland. Mm. Yeah. That was a privilege. That was a special place, wasn't it? Well my parents said, look, we're very politically active here. We don't want our children to grow up in Indian education. And they was said, it bad? Well, it was. It was. It was separate from from everybody else. So you yes. only grew up with Indian kids, and and the and the government at the time had you know tried to remove science from the menu, if you like, and put in home economics. What to keep you stupid? Yeah, it's quite hard. Khalebi's quite clever. So they. <laughs> so my parents said, okay, we're going to ship him off to Swaziland, where. All the the politicos, the Mandelas, the Sisulus, yeah, it was, uh, it was sent, the political all, elite tutus, all sent their went kids there. there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we uh, and I went there uh, for a few years, two or three years, until the government started messing with my passport. And they said, you know, visiting the sins of the father on the son, as it were, and and uh, they messed with my passport. And my father called me back at one and a half term, and he said, look, you are now studying. O levels and A levels. I don't think they're going to give you a passport. You'll have to go back to Indian education. It's not going to be very nice. Uh, your aunt and uncle have taken, have gone to live in England. They took an ex so-called exit permit in those days, a uh, political exit permit. Thank God for England. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And he said, uh, uh, "Why don't you, to this 14, 15 year old boy?" Uh, why don't you get on a plane and go to England and go and visit your aunt you and do. uncle and apply for your passport from there, and then you can, then we can talk about it and we can, you can make up your mind. I said, I'm on a plane. Of course, of course. <laughs> so of course I was there. Got there. No sooner that I arrived, I applied for my passport. The South African government refused the passport to this kid, and um, they refused a South African passport. Yes, that which you applied for. In Britain? Yes. Okay. Why didn't you apply for a British passport? Well, I couldn't. I wasn't British, was I? But you could have claimed, you know. Well, I didn't know. I like did. everybody does. Well, you wouldn't have been the first and you certainly wouldn't have been the last. So, <laughs> have you seen Britain? <laughs> <laughs> so so I, st I, I, I elected to stay on in, in Britain, stayed with my aunt and uncle to begin okay. with, and went to school there. And uh, did your O levels there? Yeah, so I was in between my O level last year, and uh, uh, I went to a crammer in Holland Park. Uh, Nothing wrong with Holland Park. Yeah. Wouldn't you like a house in Holland oh, Park now? Oh goodness, swishing on through those leaves <laughs> in the park <laughs> yeah, is delightful. Uh, and then I, uh, I finished my my O levels, and then I was looking for to go to. To do school to do my A-levels. levels. Mm. And my uncle every weekend, they were both doctors, would take me in his car around the various schools uh, to show me uh, where I might go to school. And they all looked the same. They all were full of boys with old buildings, a yes, little bit of glass there, and bashes and blazers. I thought, well, you know, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Until my father sent me a brochure of a school in Wales. Wales is infinitely civilized. Absolutely. It's it lovely. Was, it was called Atlantic College, uh, 
an international school uh, started by 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 an educa German educationist called Kurt Hahn. Lord Mountbatten. Kurt Hahn. Yeah, Lord Mountbatten was was the patron. Uh, and, it's perfect and, for you, and it was, That's what you are. You was, are my South African Indian lord. And it was delightful. It was it was a civilized, forward-looking, splendid school. Proactive, yeah. Half boys, half girls. Which oh my God, were girls allowed in? Absolutely. That's why you went, you bugger. That's the only reason you wanted to and, go there. And I said, that's for me. So I went <laughs> oh, and I good. applied uh, strict uh, rules and, 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 and tight conditions on whether if you could get in or not. Anyway, I did. And I went to school there for wonderful years of my life. Uh, and what A-levels did you take? It wasn't A-levels. They did the International Baccalaureate. Oh, did they? Okay. Uh, and that's what I what I did there. And then I went on to to university like you in, in London. London. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and when I when I finished that, I applied, every year I applied dutifully for my passport from the South Africans, and every year they'd say no. And Aren't you pleased now that you haven't got one, or have you got one? Well, no, they gave me one. They, they, uh, when I finished my 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 degree, and uh, no sooner as I got back here, that I got back here, they took it away. Oh my god! So, so I had remained here ever since, if you like. What do you think we're going to do if you and I ever do get to heaven? We are going to cause a bit of chaos up there because everybody knows. Everyone who knows me knows that I'm booking a couple of days with God or whomever mm -hmm. is up there. Mm -hmm. Because we just need to discuss a few of the designs and things that happen. Yeah, well, I'm with you. That happen on, but we are going to cause a bit of chaos. How do you think those people who were processing our passports when we were causing shit in our, in our youth at university overseas and shouting and screaming, how are we going to get on? We're going to share wine with them. We're going to tell them what we think of them. Well, what are we going to do? Firstly, they'll be in hell. Do you think so? And we'll be in heaven. I'm not even wanting heaven. I've asked for a cloud filled with Lauren Perrier Rose. Oh, absolutely. I'll I mean, take you with me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and then we I'm, don't have to fight with I'm, anyone. I'm there. Well, you know, we'll still we'll still cause, as you say, shit because that's what <laughs> that's what we, that's what we do. <laughs> we I mean, you know, there's a I'm, old poem which is of a friend of mine, uh, of my parents, a uh, guy called Dennis Brutus, who has died, and he has this poem. The first line is, "My role is tension," and uh, you know. My role is tension. C'est moi. That's amazing. Uh, I want to read that poem. Uh, so, what was it like growing up in the home of very politically active parents? Because it's all one good and well to, to be politically active, but yeah. you have to pay your kids' school fees. Yeah. You have to put mama toast on the table for brekkie. And so, what did your parents do to make money to keep you and your sister alive? Well, my father, who's a lot older than, than, than most of my peers, I mean, my father would have been something. He was born in 1915, so in oh, a couple wow, of years okay. he'd be 110. They made a child bride in Amina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so You're not he, drinking a wine. I'm I am not drinking wine. So he, uh, he, he was banned and house arrested at the later stages of his political life for many, many years. And the house arrest was from six in the evening to six in the morning and then he was allowed to go and earn a living uh, as long as he didn't see more than one person at a that time. That was quite magnanimous of them. Uh, he couldn't see one person at a time. And why was he banned? What had he done? Well, he was this political fighting the government. 
Any particular bad thing that they arrested him for? No, no, no. Just he was. He, was, he didn't he put was an a, arrow he, through the heart of no, he was HF for Vuto or anything threat. like. He was a threat. Uh, so he, when he was house arrested, started in 1958 a little business, uh, and he was a very capable and meticulous man. Uh, and you know, always dotted the eyes, crossed the t's. So anything he did. He did, as he'd say to me, son, and whatever you do, you must do with your might and for things done in halves or not done at all. That sort of thing. <laughs> and, and he was, he, he was that he man. He was that man. And he, uh, he began this business and he, and he grew it rather well. It was a business that, 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 that provided and dealt in school uniforms largely for the black population. And My family had the same. We had one in Maritzburg called Lambert's. It was a school mm. uniform shop. There you go. And he said, he said, his thought was, if, he said, well, you know, the Afrikaners in their development of capital start, started school uniform businesses, manufacturing and retailing, Burger Brothers and Fiaka in those days and so on. McCulloch and Bothwell. Well, that was, that, that, was re, that was the retailer. And, and he said, the Afrikaners started that to, to, to build off their people, if you like. A base to build uh, industries and yes. businesses that would have legs, and he said he had the same idea, and he he started this business, and it, it did rather well. I'm sure it did very very well, and from the proceeds of that business, he was able you to lived. put the marmite on the table. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I think I've always said there's. It's so interesting for me. Um, collective nouns, I suppose. Or are they nouns or adjectives? I can't remember. A collective. Nuns. Nuns. Yeah. If you say Russians, I say unbelievably disciplined gymnasts. Or mm. if I say Americans, I say, you know, Vietnam or soldiers yeah. or whatever, or yeah. chewing gum, you know, chewing yeah. gum, yeah. whatever. England, you know, explorers, explored the world. Yeah. So if I say Indians, the rag trade. I mean, in growing yeah. up in South Africa, what we did. The Indians in South Africa, and I don't know if that's a, a thing in India as well, they were the only people who were tailors, dressmakers, made all my ballet costumes, imported all the fabrics from everywhere around the world. Amazing traders. Hey? Well, you see, India had that had built its 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 uh, its economy in the early days before the Brits came and buggered it up. Uh, it all the Brits. Come on, the Dutchmen <laughs> were also here. What about from Holland? They were all here. <laughs> but they, 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 they teach you, boys. but their trade was 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 built on 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 the rag trade. Yeah, uh, on silk and fine silks and cottons and this beautiful and that. clothing. Uh, so yeah. I suppose that filtered through, and and when oh, the Indians came here, a lot of them. The trading Indians. There were two lots of Indians that came here: the the indentured Indians who came to work on the sugarcane mines, yes. and the traders, which my family who was you never of. hear a word from. Yeah, which well, they all live in Natal, and the, and my the traders who came to this country, uh, who began to trade, and they traded in what they were used to in, in commodities in, in, and things, and, and, and fabric and was one of them. Spices mm. and cloth. Mm. Uh, those were the t the two real areas. No, it's fascinating. I love it. And I still, I was so disappointed. I went to the Oriental Plaza last, towards the end of last year. I wanted to go and ah. find something that I'd always been able to buy. Hello. It's Chinatown. That's a bloody How did mess. we allow that to happen? It's a bloody mess. It's an absolute ah. cock up, quite ah. frankly. Anyway, so that's something that we need to sort out. Your parents... Born in South Africa? 
all yes. came here. My, my grandparents came here. Okay. Yeah, in the uh, in the late eighteen seventies. So you went to England. You became this gorgeous English gentleman. If I show you photographs, Callum, my gorgeous boy who does all my stuff for me, you're going to have to find some smart pictures of Khalepi in his fabulous suits. You were very gorgeous and there. You used to laugh. Anyway, he, you were now in England. Yeah. And you had graduated and you were clever and smart and waiting for something to do. And what happened? Well, I came back here. Uh, and uh, I uh, got involved in uh, in things political, as one does, coming from that family, uh, various organizations and campaigns against this and that, which uh, allowed me, if that's the right word, to see the inside of, of, of jails and prisons for short periods of time. Uh, which, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to get gone of the suits of several row. <laughs> so uh, and then uh, and then I uh, you didn't go to Robben Island. Though. No, for, for God's sake, I'm talking hey, about no, a couple of days Island. here and there in, in, for doing this or that, mm. uh, uh, which we were sensibly represented by my Proper father's lawyers. friends like George Bezos who, who defended us. Gorgeous old man. Uh, yeah. And and uh, and then I. I decided that the, because the political infighting was quite hectic at the time, and I thought, well, you know, let them do it if they want to. I'll go into business and I'll join my father. Yeah. And that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. But my first job prior to that uh, was in uh, in as a radio journalist for Capital Radio in those days. Yeah, I remember you yeah, did work. Yeah. 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 So in the meantime, because I know all the girls are sitting watching this thing saying, in the meantime, what's Khalib doing? Is he getting married? Is he having children? Is he, what's he doing? I, well, I was a gentleman around town and <laughs> I, I've, uh, prior, before I attached myself in the, those early days to the Wits uh, in, uh, mm. Historical Studies uh, Institute to do some research with I then handed over to someone else because I was not a disciplined researcher. Uh, I uh, I was hanging around Wits because that's what you did. I think you were hanging around Wits, whoring and carousing and drinking. That's where the clever people <laughs> and the pretty people were. Uh, so, uh, so, so, so that's what I did, and it was and 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 I met on the on sitting on the floor of Senate House uh, a young oh, do you remember Senate House? a young girl who. Uh, I then courted and then married. And her name was? Joanne Isaacs. So you and Joanne got married and you had two children. That's right, yeah. And you now have two beautiful daughters. We were speaking about them just before we started chatting on, on air here. We really have spawned an incredibly entitled generation. Our lot. Yeah. We've got a lot to answer for, but they're gorgeous. Yes. They're absolutely gorgeous, yeah, yeah. but how did we get it wrong? <laughs> well, <laughs> how did I mean, we get I mean, it so wrong? You get it wrong sometimes, and sometimes you get it right. I think families are, are always an interesting mixture throughout the ages. They have to be. And, uh, and, and they do what they do, and what they do determines how they look at the universe, and what they need, and what they need from you, and what they need from others. 
and it's always quite fun. And sometimes yeah. it's not. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's like not fun at all. <laughs> so you actually, you're downplaying this a lot. You didn't just join your father's business. You actually went on to become very active in the sort of private equity wealth well, se- was, sector, I no, think. There was, a, there was a transition. I, I joined my, my business. I said to my father uh, when I joined him, I said, well, Dad, I want to do an MBA. And he said, oh, come and sit next to Master me. Master I'll, I'll, I'll give you an MBA. <laughs> and he did. You know, he made, I got mine from Sully. And he, and he gave me, taught me how to write the books. He sent me to go and serve behind the counter. He, you know, I walked in first day in my Salvador suit and I said, oh, what shall I do, Dad? And he said, Henry! <laughs> Come and teach my son how to make parcels. I said, Dad, I've got a degree. He said, you'll make a very good parcel. You'll make a very good parcel. And anyway, he, he, he took me through the paces and then sent me to go run a store in Verenigen, then sent me to run a factory in, it's invaluable. in, in Nansfield, then said, now you must go to the rest of Africa, to, 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 to Mozambique mm. and, to, and to Malawi and open up a factory because yeah. we need X and Y. And I did all of that. And, and then when he died, I, I inherited the business. But the Asians were, were, out, were out competing us, if you like, in terms of, of, so of cloth and quality and price and so on. Well, if you so, put three-year-olds in a factory for 36 hours <laughs> in the dark and don't pay them anything, of course, you're not going to be much more so competitive. I, Sort of almost presciently decided to break up the various bits of the the the, the, the Kachalia Empire, which it wasn't, uh, and sold it off. And then I decided w- that what I was going to do was what I'd always wanted to do was sort of the, the next step from the MBA into into business consulting. And I'd met a chap from Switzerland, an American, and a Belgian fellow, and we, we'd got together. It sounded like a bad joke, an American, a Belgian, an Irishman, an Afrikaner. And we started a consulting business, which was marvelous, and we did rather well, and we, we were very successful and full of ourselves, and we had an office in Zurich, and we'd fly first class on, on, on Swiss air, and it was delightful in the air. And this would meet us and say, Mr. Kachalia, would you like the Tashinger 68 and, and some barlic salmon? And I'd say, and, yes, uh, absolutely. Sorry, I'm bored with that. <laughs> and it was, it, was, it was rather nice. And then, and then my consulting career evolved from, uh, from that into a partnership with some ex-McKinsey fellows from Germany and then, and then into a large American consultancy as a partner called Monitor and, uh, and then into private equity. Mm. And then I got divorced, moved house, <laughs> and resigned from my work in the same week. Were you in your 40s? Uh, it's that little devil, that little I, I midlife crisis. I don't know. Eh? I, I can't remember. Did when you buy it, a Porsche a leather jacket? N- not then, later. <laughs> uh, 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 my menopause. Porsche. Yeah, menopause, leather jacket, an uh, 18-year-old leggy blonde. And then I, I know you, and then I buggered off. I, I, I said, I'm taking time out, and I went to England. My daughter, who had got into the same school as mine in Wales, was there. I picked her up from school, and I sent her around Europe, and we met up in, 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 in Europe and did various things. I remember meeting up at the end with her in, in Venice, and we, and we stayed at the Danieli. We had a wonderful Lovely. time. And then my friend Lorenzo, who had a wonderful villa, I invited us to stay, and uh, Lorenzo would 
get up in the morning at 10 o'clock and we'd amble down to the pool and he'd say, he used to call me Caleb, he'd say, Caleb, 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 is today a frizzante or a spumante day? And that's how we started the at day. At your mercy, sir. <laughs> that's how we, sta <laughs> we started the day. And anyway, anyway, I did all of that and then I came back to South Africa after an extended period of, of, of uh, traveling doing and doing what working. I wanted. Mm. Uh, and then I, the money began to run out as it does. The same old trouble. <laughs> and then So uh, you thought I'm gonna go into politics? No, then I went in then I went into uh, I joined the Beers. That's right, you yeah, joined for the a number Beers. of years, yeah. Uh, that uh, is a smart move. Yeah. I saw you the other day at the launch of the book of Harry Oppenheimer. Yes. I'm dying for that book. God, it's I've only read it a wee bit. I was it. a huge fan. Is it brilliant? It's a it's a very balanced book. Is it good? Uh, it it's uh, and it's and uh, it's written by a colleague of mine, mm. and it's it's written beautifully. You really I'm love sure. it. I'm uh, sure. Uh, and and it's and as I say, extraordinarily well balanced. Does it bring the good, the bad, and the ugly? Absolutely. Because he was and so it's a clever. Tome, hey? You'll have to. Is it know, a tome? It's, it's, Is it big? It's four hundred pages. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I have to go. I spotted it somewhere online. I saw you getting it signed by by yeah. the author, and I thought I must go and get that book. Yeah. I was a massive apostle of Harry Oppenheim. Yes, you, you. He was an amazing. You man. used to be purveyor of wines to Harry. Yes, for many years. And you remember those days uh, when uh, I think I talked to you. You about used to it get Paul past. Roger for Christmas. Uh, no, and you remember on the corner of. Of Commissioner and West, the civil service bottle store? Yeah, Abby Chen's bottle store. Ah. Remember Abby Chen? He tiny. was such a trader, little Abby Chen. I yeah, think no, he's still alive. Then there was Tiny, what's his name? Oh, Tiny, who wasn't far from Tiny, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, and down in that cellar were the most in beautiful wines. I know. And, and Harry's, uh, uh, Paul the No, the, the Riesling that he loved. Oh. The, uh, the, the French, uh, was it Reichstag No, Kessel's no, it was that. It was that wonderful. Uh, on the border of France and 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 and, and Germany. In Germany, that the beautiful, beautiful, it's gone. You know, I've yeah, yeah. It. lovely, lovely stuff. And that's, and that was in the time when I was working with and for my father. And I had a fair bit of money to play with, and I used to go down there, and goodness, did I Abby Chen was wines. an amazing did man in the wine? South African yeah. liquor industry landscape. He was. A, I had the privilege of meeting him a couple of times, and I think I'm correct in saying that Abby Chen is still alive. I do. And living in America, I think. Mm. He's either in America or in Israel. Yeah. And I met him courtesy of Solly once or twice. In fact, before I went and worked with Solly, I met him because I was working for Anglo. Yeah. And I used to make him buy Bosch and wine. Yes. And he was delightful, but he had the most extraordinary cellar. Did you used to buy your stuff from Abby? Hugel. Hugel. Yeah. Johnny Hugel, the biggest mm. playboy on no, planet No, no, I'm Earth. talking about the wine. The wine, Johnny Hugel. Yeah, yeah. He's, yes, he was good oh, from Alsace. From Alsace, yes, Lorraine, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Wonderful yes. stuff. No, the best. I, I bought all of those wines. I had such fun. Mm. Though I, I, I actually got a collage, which I made a long time ago, in my, which now sits in my kitchen, of, of, of the steamed off labels of these wines. How gorgeous. And, you know, you could buy a bloody house if you bought one bottle today. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I went and visited Johnny Hugel in Alsace one year. Good Lord. 
And and I stayed in a in a little town in Alsace called Rickveer. And Rickveer is a perpetual Christmas town. Yeah. So up the one street there's just Christmas shops the whole way up the street. And I think I think they've got a tiny residential population in Rickveer. Mm. But they've got six two and three Michelin starred restaurants up that little yeah. street. The food and the wine. Anyway, so I go and I visit Johnny Hugel at Hugel Cellars Estate yes, Winery, yeah. which is just outside the yeah. town there. In the town you can go anywhere. You go down, 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 windy, windy downstairs, and they have these enormous yeah. wooden tanks that were built down there. Mm. You can't get them. You could never get them down there. You have to take the wood down, construct them down underground, and then if you want to take them out, you have to smash them up before you can get them back up the hole. The most extraordinary heritage and history oh. attached to that Hugo winery and the most delicious wines. And, 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 and HFO loved it. He did love and, it. And, and uh, when I went to buy wine at civil service, they'd say, no, you can't have all those Rieslings yes. because you have to keep from some Mr. From, from Mr. O. Uh, uh, I must tell you a story about <laughs> Mr. O. When when I was a uppity young fella, nothing's uh, changed. Are you an uppity old one? And I and I, <laughs> I went. Uh, it was the time when he was selling the Rand Daily Mail, and he was selling. Uh, uh, and I went. I'm, I knew some lots of chaps in Anglo, and I I went to. I sought a meeting with Mr. Oppenheimer. And this snot nose uh, <laughs> walk into 44 Main Street into the big beautiful big there. tapestry yeah. behind yeah. the and, thing and, there. And, 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 lovely. and there was Harry sitting down, and his lieutenants all behind him. But don't uh, yeah, all of them, you know, Clem Santa, Clifford Elphick, yes. um, Michael Spicer, all of those yes. grandees, all all behind him, sit standing there. And young Charlie walks in, and. And Harry says to me, he had a little bray, and he said, he said, uh, Mr. Kachalia, he said, uh, very good of you to come and see me <laughs> and to make time. Oh. Well, <laughs> Patronizing. God. Uh, I thought, uh, <laughs> okay. please have a seat. What can I do for you? Uh, and I said, well, Mr. Oppenheim, I believe that the Rand Daily Mail is up for sale, and uh, I'd like to buy it. How old were you? I was... Wait behind the ears? Yeah, in my 20s, late 20s, oh, 30s or something. Do you know what? That's why they say, my father always used to say, don't go into business with an Indian. They're too clever for you. So I said, I'd like to buy it. He said, I said, uh, he said well, <laughs> I said, well, I don't have any money. <laughs> Uh, and he, sa he said, well, what do you propose to do? I said, well, it's occurred to me that you have a very good friendship with a newspaper man in England called Conrad Black. He said, yes, I do. I said, well, I'd like you to effect an introduction <laughs> between me and Conrad Black so that we could put our heads together to see how we could buy this. He said, that I will do. Put this introduction together. That same it. week, I was in England, I went to Fleet Street, I went to see Conrad Black, we put this thing together, and we tried to buy it. Unfortunately, we were up against Cyril Ramaphosa in those days, who bloody bought the thing. 
No, stop it. Yeah. I don't want to hear this so, story. It's so, making, so it's making that power anyway, rising. In, in, hind in hindsight, it was probably a good thing because old Conrad then went to jail, if you recall. Conrad Black went to jail. But <laughs> how absolutely wonderful yeah. that we grew and lived in a time where we could go and see in our lives, the richest man on earth for us. It's fantastic. And he was so approachable. And it he was, was so was, civilized and so was, nice. It was remarkable. I mean, I was Can just... Can you imagine all you fancy schmancy people now? I was just throwing a line and yeah. he was like, come. Yeah. Give me some more wine, dear. That's why, we like, that's why I love Elon Musk. Yeah. He's a nice South African boy. He's yeah. very approachable. Yeah. Yeah. Elon Musk is going to sit on that chair one of these days. Absolutely. And he's going to tell us all yeah. these stories. South Africa is an amazing place yeah. for just that kind of thing. Thank you. You didn't buy the Rand Daily no. Mail, but you continued as a very successful businessman. And what was the tipping point that said, I better go into politics? Well, was it I, out of guilt? No, when I when I left the beers at more or less the same time, as Gary Rafe, who was mm. managing director of the beers, mm. had resigned. And uh, in the run-up to that, I, it became reasonably apparent to me that in Gary's absence, his, 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 the new chap who was coming in, young Gareth Penny, was bringing all these bright-eyed, bushy-tailed fellows from London and so on. And I wasn't part of that. And I thought, you know what, let me elegantly leave. <laughs> it's what they call now, step aside. Yes, I'll step aside <laughs> uh, 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 and, and negotiate uh, uh, a little bit of an exit for me uh, uh, from, from, from there. And I did. Uh, and I was going into sort of semi-retirement. Yeah. In the in the in that period, I I got uh, engaged to the same woman twice. Have you? Yes. I don't know about that bit. Well, that you. piece of your history you've been mm, hiding from yeah. me. And then, uh, uh, and then I, uh, I was, as I say, going into sort of semi-retirement and deciding what I was going to do, a bit of this and a bit of that. I did a little bit of consulting work because that was always a fallback for me. I could always go and speak. Well, you write beautifully and you speak beautifully. I could go and see the head of, I knew a number of people, the head of this company or that company and say, you know, allow me to do this for you. Some of them may say yes. And then I could do that mm. and semi-retire and advise and do some advisory work in inverted commas. Uh, and then hopefully and I did a little bit invest on my own account for myself. A lot of that went pear-shaped, but there you go. Uh, <laughs> Rubbish. You bought your Porsche. You sit around town like James Bond. What are you talking about? And then, and then, around about 2015, 16, you recall, old, uh, there was a huge campaign to get rid of Jacob Zuma. Mm. Well, I was. Can't think why. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I was writing, uh, uh, I was writing a lot about it, and I was on the marches and speaking and doing things. And they said to me, uh, lots of people, well, you know, it's all very well doing this, but why don't you roll up your sleeves and get really involved? And I thought, well, that makes sense. You just put your money where your mouth is. And I did. Uh, uh, and then one thing led to another, and I got involved with the DA, which No, no, sense. no. You're not going to hop, skip, and jump so easily across that fence. 
Caleb's family was steeped in the survival and emancipation and democratization of this country. He's playing it down like the gentleman that he is. They were hugely instrumental, and I know they were incredible confidants of Nelson Mandela, who has been idolified. He was a nice man. Yes. He was a very good man. Um, he wasn't an idol, and he doesn't mm. walk on water, and we did make mistakes. But he was amazing, and he was our only biggest hope, and your parents were very much part of that. Yeah. So there was ANC blood running through Khaleb Kachalia's veins. No, it caught Just me. saying. Yeah. Yeah. Where did you do a foxtrot across the floor? Well, it, it harked back a few years when... He crossed the floor, guys. He's no longer ANC, which makes him even more controversial and interesting than he really is. My role is tension. <laughs> Your role is tension. Uh, the, the, a few years ago, uh, before, prior to that, uh, the ANC had embarked on the what is now known as the arms deal. And that uh, lit a few warning lamps in my head at the time and began my disillusionment with the corruption, the malfeasance, the madness which has taken root. And then Jacob Zuma became the epitome of all of this. Jamie, he was a bit of a scapegoat. He's not the, f he's not the fulcrum no, no, no. of evil. No, he was, the, he was just a, a, an, he was a, an unashamed, a willing vehicle. An unashamed chap who said, you know, uh, well, he should I'm, never have I'm done just a humble Zulu. I want to eat as well. <laughs> he should never have done business with those Indians. <laughs> My father told us. <laughs> those Indians who did it, Khalifi. So I had, to, I, had to, I had to examine my soul and decide what I was going to do. And it was a hard decision because I knew, I'm sure. I knew that it would result in a fair ostracization, if that's a word, of me by a number of people who, uh, who, who felt that this was a bridge too far. Uh, the, uh, the epitome of disloyalty. Yes. Uh, and I thought about it really hard. And I also thought about the fact that I'm essentially a liberal. And that that sat well with me and it sat well with me within the within within the DA's body politic as opposed to the authoritarian socialism of the of the ANC, which mm. enabled my move, if you like. So you did it did you sashay across or did you hop, skip and jump or did you trip and fall across? But you know, I had these discussions and they said come and join us, which I did. And they said, Well, why don't you stand for mayor in Ikuruleni? Mm. Well Herman Mashaba at the time had had, had been in discussions with them to be mayor of Joburg, but I learned subsequently that there was a big lobby for me to be mayor of Joburg. You should have been the mayor of Joburg. And, I mean And you know if you should have been. In a, with hindsight, if I had, there would be no ASA, no on. Herman Mashaba in politics necessarily. It would be. It would, would have, have been, been no a, nonsense. Would have been an, another thing. Anyway, uh, it didn't happen. I, I stood for me in Kuruleni. I brought the ANC down with my colleagues and my partners from their high horse to mm. below 50%. Mm. And that, in many ways, was the beginning 
of of uh, of what has happened yes, with this AMC sort of is now, you know, swing um, politics. Quite. Yeah. So mm. that's where we are, and it's quite exciting because we have a monumental election next year. I can tell you, I'm going to make a prediction. What? <laughs> I think that the ANC will will get about forty three percent, and they'll partner with somebody to get them back up over fifty, and nothing's going to change. That that may well be the case. That I honestly do think nothing's going to change. That may well be the case, but it will herald a a difference which will then come to bear. In the following election in 2029, that's going to be I the think, interesting. Which election. I think, which I think will be very, very. Do you know what I think is going this, to happen? This then? one's a bit of a punt. This is a punt. This is a, and if the punt goes our way, we'll take it. Okay, absolutely. But and the real one, as you say, is 2029. 2029. And let's you just should be, be in politics. You're very serious. <laughs> I'm not serious enough. Let's just be dead honest. Everybody can jump and shout and scream from the rooftops as much as they like about Helen Zilla. She runs the best province in the country. She's, you guys run the best province in the country. She's a force of nature, that woman. She's amazing. Lover or hater. She's, she's a force of bloody nature. She's never stolen anything. No. She lives in a very humble abode in Pinelands. Force she has of worked nature. He's a little bit of a sense of humor. I mean, you know. What? I can make her laugh. I've made her drink a bit and we've laughed a bit together. I love her. Yeah. And why? So she's controversial. She writes controversial she tweets. Is. So what? That's what everybody her. should I've be. I've supported it to the I know you have. Yeah. I think she's she's quirky. She's flipping clever. Yeah, no, that's she, she is, is hardworking, driven. driven. That woman is amazing. Yeah, and the proof of the pudding is in the drinking thereof or eating thereof. She's running a good show in Cape Town, and everybody's flocking down there all not the while. The, saying, not in Cape Town. She's running the party. Of course she is. She is the federal head of the party. Is she? Yeah. Well, they're all running down there saying, oh, you know, we're going down there, but Helen must go. Helen must go. Helen goes. I promise you, we're in big shit. Anyway. You can't, I can't you, you can't, pump, pump, you can't tell people to go when they've got a lot to offer. She is fantastic. And I'm so tired, and I may have a stake in this, <laughs> of, of, of people saying, oh, let's do the young people. Yes, let the young people. Let the young people go and have fun. You know what? Between the ages of 60 and 80, a lot to offer. there's a ton to offer. It's called experience, and it might be old-fashioned, but I quite like old-fashioned. I quite like old-fashioned where we saw each other and we quite fancied each other, yeah. and I waited to see if you were going to phone me or whatever, and we went on dates and we flirted, and yeah. I loved you pinching my bottom, and I... <laughs> And I knew you were a real man, and I know that I'm a real woman. Yeah. There you go. Now it's terribly complicated. You have to wake up in the morning and check who you are first before you can flirt. What? What's that? Let the young people go and have fun. I think we've made it too complicated. Absolutely. For them. And we're not going to get politically incorrect on this thing, although we already have. No, so what? What do you drink? I need to tell you all. Philip is an amazing cook. He's a fabulous host. He's a collector of art. He writes beautifully. He reads like a dervish. He cooks. I don't know that dervishes read. They swirl. Do they? <laughs> <laughs> what do you like to drink in, and when do you start drinking? Oh. In a day. Tell us. I, I want your drinking habits. I'm old-fashioned enough to love lunch. 
Lunch is the meal. Lunch is good. I'm an early waker.、Mm-hmm. I wake up at five.、Mm-hmm. I do, as you say, a shitload of work. Yes.、Uh, uh, I then have earned lunch.、Mm. I'm happy to have a couple of glasses with lunch. Do you cook your lunch every day for yourself? I, I cooking. Or do you eat, lunch with friends?、Uh, both.、Uh, cooking is, is, as you know, a joy for me. Yes. And I also li- like uh, uh, being served. Uh, uh, and I, so. And now with age, I have less of an evening meal. Yeah,、uh, it's too heavy to jump into、yeah. bed with a tummy full of food. Absolutely, and、uh, and I I enjoy I enjoy good sharpener, like a a properly made dry martini. <laughs> no, you make good one, Jam or Negroni. To, nobody seems to make properly Negroni, which you can find decent ones, and the like. A proper cosmopolitan and、uh, and all sorts of old-fashioned stuff is 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 are good. Like an old-fashioned,、yes. you could have like or a whiskey or a whiskey sour. Yeah, whiskey、uh, sour.、Uh, good, good sharpness, and then some jolly nice vino, depending on what you're eating. Yeah. yeah. So, if I were to say to you, have you got a favourite grape? That's hard. Uh, favorite white and a favorite red you can have. I'm not narrowing it we're, further. We're we're a bit grape oriented in this country.、Mm. I I'm a bit of a blend individual, you know. I'm and, a blend person. And and you, but but that's a preserve of France more than here, and they do it bloody well. So so you know. They do. And what would I like to drink? Of course, I'd like to drink Chateau Petrou <laughs> and a song is good sincere. Yeah, but we but、planet. we never have to sell our bloody cars <laughs> and more. Uh, so, Remortgage the house. So, 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 so then, th- then we go to to old Brucey、uh, Br- Jack, Brucey Jack, and、yeah. Sophie Tabi, and, <laughs> and all these ladies and men who give applied their names, and that thing called Ghost something that I drank the other day. Ghost Corner from David Nivet. Hello, hallelujah. From the Cedarburg, brilliant. And then this, and then there's the 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 the、uh, roundabout Malmesbury. What's that area? Some very nice wines coming out from there.、Uh, I、uh, I find I find our reds can be a wee bit heavy. We make better white than red、yeah. wine, I think. Uh, uh, and, and on balance. And where we where we're able to blend them wonderfully in the in the fashion of a good claret,、uh, hallelujah. Yeah. Yes, but we haven't were, got there properly. But you know what, Kalebi? There's、yeah. so many. There's so many new. Um, not new, but there's so many more winemakers in the wine industry,、yeah. and they're fun, and they're pushing boundaries. And most of them have done vintages around the world in wine-producing、mm. countries. Around, they're bringing all that knowledge back. It's all happening via osmosis,、oh, whether we well, like it、yeah. or not. Anura you know, is another one I like rather. Anura. Yes, Anura make lovely. So. If we're having a normal day in the life of Khaleb Kacharya,、mm. you wake up early,、yeah. you do some work,、yeah. do you do any exercise? In my head. <laughs> Me too. I imagine going to gym. I hate gym. I hate going to gym. So boring. Oh, I hate going to gym. I mean, there, there, are, are, there are occasions when I wake up and want to think, for God's sake, get some blood running through your thing. Then I do a bit of thing in the.、Oh, I can tell you how to get some blood running through your things. You have to go to gym. <laughs> you really don't have to go to gym. I promise you. So you get up, you do your stuff, you make yourself a lunch, or you have a lunch or date with a friend. 
Afternoonies? Do you have sleepies? What do you do? Oh, I'm a great, I'm a great proponent of the of the of the power nap. Forty minutes max, yes. and then I'm back in the saddle. Absolutely. Yeah. And evenings. Evenings Solitary? are are a, are a bit of. Uh, a bit of work, a bit of relaxation, a bit of reading, and now that we've got a bit of Netflix, a bit of ogling. <laughs> if we've got a bit of electricity, yes, yes. <laughs> it's quite uh, nice. Uh. Do you believe in marriage? I was married for 20 years. Uh, I have two wonderful daughters, uh, even if one fights with me. <laughs> uh, I, I enjoyed... I enjoyed the married life and I think it was necessary and good for me to build that and to build the home for my children. I'm enjoying my solitude and my ability to pick and choose. <laughs> I, 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 I rather like myself. Good. Isn't it wonderful to yeah. fall in love with yourself? Absolutely. Without telling anybody, yeah. I think you're going to be a bit big-headed. But no. you know what? No, you when know. you get old and you're on your own, you have yeah. to spend a lot of time on your own. Yeah. So you better like that person you're spending it with. At this age in my life, I don't want anybody bothering me when I'm reading the biography of HFO by Michael <laughs> Cardo and having a glass of Sancerre on the side. I mean, you know, bugger off. <laughs> Okay, so that was our next question. Are you going to get married again? When you see yourself in five, ten years' time? Let's say five years' time. I don't know. We'll see how this how these elections go. I'd like to I'd like to elegantly over a period of five years hand over and this may sound arrogant, but I do have some experience and knowledge, hand over to others in the party to take this forward. People who might be fifty years old or yeah, something yeah, like that, yeah. Right? And then and, and then even younger mentor and, and so on. And do that, and then, and then apply myself to Plan B. What am I going to do? I uh, uh, we talked about it earlier. I'm thinking a Malfi Drive. Yeah. I'm thinking a Malfi Coast. Maybe we go and buy something nice along there on a bloody bicycle because <laughs> it's all we'll be able to afford <laughs> on the on the South African Rand. Ah! Last question, my darling Khalifi. What's your death row meal? And your death row bottle of wine is going to go with it. Ah, my death row meal would be the best bread in the world, the best butter in the world, salted, not the salted, definitely, and 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 a glass of the finest Chateau Petrou at the time, and that will be me, and then I will meet you in heaven, darling. I'm going to bring two straws. <laughs> and we're going to plug them into that cloud because God's promised me <laughs> a champagne cloud in heaven. Good, good. Kalefi, thank you, my darling. Cheers. What a wonderful privilege to spend nearly an hour in your company. Likewise. You're a national treasure. Thank you. And you're definitely an asset. Mm, blush. Definitely an asset on the South African government's balance sheet. I can tell you that much. Cheers. Thank you. You've been listening to another Solid Gold podcast. <laughs>